Hi, Online Church family. I'm so glad that you could meet with us here. We're about to go into a preach that I delivered recently, and I really hope this blesses you, it inspires you, it takes you further in your walk with God. That's my heart for you as you watch this. And if it really does bless you, why don't you go ahead and share it with someone who you think needs to hear it? Uh, make sure you click like and subscribe so you don't miss any of our messages here that we upload weekly. And um, jump in the chat so we can connect with you as well so you're not a stranger. So sit back and enjoy. I hope that you get blessed. At the moment, what we're going through over up until Easter, our theme is as it is in heaven. And I don't believe we can talk about heaven enough. Actually, I don't think we do talk about heaven enough. Um, I want to let you know this morning that heaven and hell are real. Heaven and hell are real places. Everyone goes to one of the two. Just going to preach it straight. It's what the day calls for. And I think it was C.S. Lewis who said, actually, the people who benefited society the most right throughout history were the ones who had a very keen awareness of heaven. The ones who didn't really didn't do much in the earth. But when you actually are keenly aware of heaven, it does something in you. It motivates you. It informs your behavior, your approach, your mindset. When suddenly you admit and you recognize that heaven is real, it changes a lot of things about your life. And so what happens in heaven is often a response to what is taking place here on earth. And so this morning, what I want to speak on is both sides of the veil here and now. And so when I talk about the veil this morning, I'm not talking about the veil between us and the Holy of Holies, which was torn by the finished work of the cross. I'm talking about the veil of eternity, this side and that side, this side of eternity and that side of eternity, or the veil between the realms, the natural realm and the supernatural realm. I'm talking about the veil that we are invited to cross through that makes us aware that the, the two realms, the two dimensions interact with each other. And so I want to talk about both sides of the veil here and now. And so I'd love for us to start in the book of Revelation, two chapters, two passages that I want to, that I want to read. The first one is in Revelation 4. If you just listen on with me, it says this. Immediately I, being John, who was having this vision, immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne was set in heaven, and one who sat on the throne, which is God, and he who sat there was like jasper and sardis stone in appearance, and there was a rainbow around the throne in appearance like an emerald. Around the throne were 24 thrones, and on the thrones I saw 24 elders sitting, clothed in white robes. And they had crowns of gold on their heads, and from the throne proceeded lightning and thunder and voices. Seven lamps of fire were burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. And before the throne there was a sea of glass like crystal, and in the midst of the throne and around the throne were four living creatures full of eyes in the front and the back. The first living creature was like a lion, the second living creature was like a calf, the third living creature had the fa face like a man, and the fourth living creature was like a flying eagle. The four living creatures, each having six wings, were full of eyes all around and within. 
and they do not rest day or night, constantly saying, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. They cast their crowns before him, saying, You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they exist and were created. In Revelation 7, he goes on to say, After all these things I looked, and behold, a great multitude which no one could number, of all the nations and tribes, peoples and tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes, with palm branches in their hands, all crying out with a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne and unto the Lamb. And the angels stood around the throne and the elders and the four living creatures and fell on their faces before the throne and worshipped God, saying, Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom, thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. What an amazing picture of heaven. What an amazing picture of heaven. You know, I actually feel sorry for people who like quiet worship because it's going to be really loud in heaven, really loud forever. Always, all the time, without ceasing. Actually, no, I, let me correct myself. In Scripture, it tells us that God does press pause and, and calls for silence for 30 minutes. So you'll have 30 minutes in all eternity. The rest of it is going to be constant, loud multitudes of people and angels worshipping. Worshipping in heaven for all eternity. It's an amazing picture. I think C.S. Lewis, he said this. He said, if I find with my, within myself desires which nothing in this world can satisfy, the only logical explanation is that I was made for another world. And I want to tell you, Ecclesiastes tells us that he has placed eternity in the hearts of all men. When Pastor Dan asked this morning, do you have a hole in your heart that only God can fill? Yes, every single one of us do. And there's nothing in this world that can satisfy it because you and I were made for another world. And so nothing in this world will satisfy that craving in our hearts. You can go ahead and try. Go ahead. I'll see you again in a few years time when you realize that all those things are like mirages in the desert that leave you dry. There's nothing in this world on this side of the veil that can fill the void because we're created for another world. And actually what I want to get across this morning is that we are in both realms here and now. As it is in heaven, let it be on earth. So when we look at those two passages in Revelation, as I meditated on them, I kind of boiled them down to two things. There's a scene. There's a scene taking place. But then there's more in Revelation that talks about books. And so what I want to do is talk about the scene and the books and how they interact 
on that side and this side, here and now. Because another concept which is hard for us to get around, you should do internship if you want to learn it, is the fact that on that side of the veil, there is no time. The outside of time. On this side of the veil, we do 24-hour days. Monday to Friday, January to December, calendar years. And so we're bound by time. On that side, they're not bound by time. And so there's this scene taking place and there's recordings being made, but they interact together. And what happens in eternity is determined by what happens here, now, here and now. So the scene, let's start with that. And I want to build towards something right at the end. And we're going to have some reflection time and we're going to get real before God. But first of all, I want to paint the scene, not because it's relevant to the last point, but just because I love it and we all want to know about it. And that is that there's a scene taking place. And so what it says in Revelation, that there was another angel, Revelation 8, another angel who came and stood at the altar with a golden censer. And he was given much incense to offer with the prayers of all the saints. In Psalms, David says, Let my prayer be counted as incense before you and the lifting of my hands as the evening sacrifice. In heaven where worship's taking place and the angels and the elders and the living creatures are ministering to God at the throne and the multitude is singing, the angels come with incense regularly and minister to God with incense. And it says there that that incense is the prayer of men and women on this side of the veil. So we have incense on that side of the veil ministering to God in heaven, but it's actually given on this side of the veil in the form of prayer. I don't think you can be a Christian without the discipline of prayer. You cannot have a revelation of the other realm without a discipline of prayer. Once you understand, you are compelled to pray. You are compelled to pray. And every one of those prayers passes through the, the, the veil between the realms, between the dimensions, and ministers to the heart of God. It's offered as a sacrifice to God. Our prayers are offered as a ministry to the Lord, and the angels marvel at it. Just like worship, the angels marvel at it. Because the angels don't have the same relationship that you and I do with God. As sons and daughters, we have the opportunity to have a, this living, thriving love relationship with our Father that the angels don't have. They minister our prayers to Him and it says that they are in awe at His response when He receives that incense. He stills everything and receives that offering that that offering ministers to him. So can you see here and now, both sides of the veil? Here, I'm stuck in nine to five, Monday to Friday, offering a prayer which passes through a veil and ministers in eternity to God as incense. Prayer. Worship's the same. My worship here, we just did it. We just did it. And when Pete broke out in that blues number and Dan cut loose... I was so blessed by that. That ministered on the other side of the veil. 
in the heavenly places. But worship is not just the two slow songs that you all come in late for. (laughs) Kidding. No one is ever late in this church. Romans 12 verse 1 says, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God, because this is your act of spiritual worship. What is it? Offering your bodies as a living sacrifice is worship. Worship is not just the smooth songs. Worship here is offering your whole life. One of the other translations says, offer your life as a living sacrifice. This is your reasonable act of worship. Not extravagant. Rach, offer your whole life and it's actually not even extravagant. It's just reasonable. That's reasonable worship. So worship on both sides of the veil. We see it happening in heaven and we see it happening here. And then we get to, so that's the scene, okay, the scene of heaven. But what also happens in heaven is that there are books. And I'm getting to something, so just track with me. There are books, two types of books. There's the book of life and there's the book of books of days and deeds. And the book of life is right through Scripture from cover to cover. Moses wrote about it at the very beginning, and it's over and over all the way through Revelation, Psalms, Daniel, John, Matthew, Luke, Acts. It's all the way through the book of life. What is it? Revelation 3.5, He who overcomes will be clothed in white garments, and I will not erase his name from the book of life. Revelation 21.27, Nothing unclean and no one who practices abomination and lying will ever come into it, but only those whose names are written in the book of life. Psalm 69, Add, in, add, iniquity, uh, add iniquity to their iniquity, and may they not come into your righteousness. May they be blotted out of the book of life and not recorded with righteousness. Daniel 12 verse 1, and at that time, your people, everyone who is found written in the book will be rescued. John 3, 16 and 17, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. The book of life on that side, on that side of the veil, is determined by this side of the veil. What decision you make here. And I want to tell you, if your name is not in that book on that side, you're not in a good position. I'm just going to tell you how it is because the world needs to know it and this day and age needs to know it. You want your name in that book. You want your name in that book Because when you get there and they look you up, you want it there. If it's not there, you don't get in. But Jesus came so that we could have our name written in whose book of life? The Lamb's book of life. Who is the Lamb? Jesus. And so God sent his son to save us. He didn't send his son to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And then Jesus said this, and this is the other thing we all need to know. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. All roads do not lead to Rome. 
There is only one way to get your name in that book, and that is Jesus. In fact, Jesus went ahead and he said, you know what, wide is the road and broad, no, wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction and many people walk that way. Narrow is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to eternal life and very few people find it. There's only one way and it's Jesus. So that, that side of the veil is the Lamb's book of life where God is sitting there and he's going through and all the names are in there. That's on this side of the veil. But here in our existence, what impacts that is what is your decision going to be when the offer is given to you to receive Jesus? That's this side of the veil, here and now. And then we read about other books. Other books, I love this, the books of deeds. In Psalm 56, it says, You have taken account of my wanderings, my wanderings, and put my tears in a bottle. Are they not in your book? All of our wanderings, all of our tears, he has recorded in a book, your very own book. So there's the Lamb's book of life that just has names in it. But then there's the books that are written about us, our books. Psalm 139, your eyes have seen my unformed substance. And in your book were written all the days that were ordained for me, as yet there were not one of them. Revelation 20 verse 12, And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. So we have two books. And the dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. It's like, God, you know, God doesn't do the courteous thing where he's like, come, let me just take you into a quiet consultation room and let's go through your book. No, he pulls your book out in front of everyone. He goes, Chloe, your turn. Let's all read Chloe's book. Her name's in the book of life, tick. Let's read Chloe's book. And so there's the book of deeds or days, whatever you want to call it, there's no official word for it. We have the book of life and then we have books written about us on that side that are both impacted this side. And this is what I'm getting to. Because if we're called to live as our song says, as the Lord's prayer says, Lord, as it is in heaven, let it be here now. How do we do that? How do I live this side of the veil so that heaven is here? Because heaven is here and now. It's not just someday on the other side. It's here and now. How do I do that? So Ephesians 2, and this is the scripture that felt uh, that God wanted to bring to us this morning. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And here it is, verse 6, and raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. That is your position. Here and now. That is your position right now. You and I, once we say yes to Jesus and our name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, we are no longer down here begging 
for God to do something. We're not reaching up to heaven going, God, please, please come through. That's not our position. Our position is here. Seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. I'm now coming from this position, declaring the reality of heaven. Declaring the finished work of the cross into that realm. This is my position. Get out of the gutter. If you are a son or a daughter of God, stop wallowing in the gutter. If I could convey the broken heart and frustration of God, he's saying to you, my beloved, stop begging me. Stop scraping the bottom of the barrel. You're seated with my son in heavenly places, here and now. This is your position. This is your position. Scripture tells us, I think in Corinthians, that we are co-heirs with Christ. What does that mean? It means that everything that Christ inherited through his death and resurrection is our inheritance too. Oh, you're not getting it. Lord, help me communicate this. Spirit of God. Christian is not a label you wear. It is a position you hold. It is an authority that is bestowed on you. Stop acting like a pauper. You are royalty. And it was a very expensive price that was paid for you to sit here. Stop going back to the slums. Stop praying from the trash heap. Don't bring God down to your level. You get up there into his Bible tells us that we have the mind of Christ. That's a really challenging reality for us to walk in. Do you think like Jesus? November last year, Sorry, Mr. and Mrs. Gunser. There's nothing we can do. Go and make preparations.
Do you think like Jesus? Jairus, she's not dead. She's just asleep. Lazarus, come out of the grave. I don't care how long you've been dead. I don't care what anyone else says. Do you think like Jesus? Listen, his body was bruised and battered. He took the dredge of the world, which means he took your sickness and mine, your sin and mine. He took it all on himself. And then he said, it is finished. Why do you keep taking it back? Why do you keep having pity parties with it? It's dealt with. Here, now. We have the mind of Christ. We just receive it. You know him well enough. You know enough about his scripture and his character to know how he thinks. You do. And even if you don't know the Bible, you have the Spirit of God alive on the inside of you, witnessing to you all the time. You know. You just have to choose which mind you will have. To think like Jesus? Wow. Now we're talking. And we live like him. Galatians 2.20 For it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. My old self is crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Here and now.